Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert clinicians whose goal is to make care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we will spend time learning from healthcare providers and patients in hopes of offering solutions to your own aches and pains. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones with Rock Valley PT. This is your host, Sam Huey, and I'm excited to share one of my longtime mentors and friends, Stephanie Kelsick, with all of you today. Steph is a pelvic health therapist, and she's going to give us some information about what pelvic health PT is and maybe, maybe who can benefit from it. So Steph, thanks for being on the show with us today. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, any, anyone who's ever heard me talk about this topic knows that it's something that I'm, that I'm very passionate about. I did not go to PT school to be a pelvic floor specialist. Um, I went to PT school to help people. And um, somewhere along the line, I had a very good friend who had some interest in pelvic health and um, I went to the University of Iowa for my PT degree, grew up in Iowa, and um, really got to understand a little bit of, from her of a, a portion of physical therapy that I never knew even existed. So started my career actually with Rock Valley um, 20 years ago, and I thought I only want to see pregnant women and really get my orthopedic skills awesome. Um, started teaching a class at the YMCA and, for pregnant women. And by gosh, I had a lot of women who were stepping out to have bathroom breaks and um, telling me a little bit about how they were having a really hard time leaking while they were, um, while they were exercising. So I said, gosh, I better learn a little bit more about this, took some advanced coursework on how to treat incontinence and, and what exactly um, all the options are for that. Um, as my pelvic health practice grew, um, as I moved back to Des Moines and started working for Rock Valley here, I, um, I realized that you, know, you can't just treat incontinence. There's a lot of times a, a more, more complex things going on. So um, specialize more in pelvic pain and now even, um, bowel symptoms and, and constipation. So, um, that's a little bit of my journey to get to where I'm at today. So, yeah, thanks for sharing. This is a very, uh, very unique area within physical therapy that I think a lot of patients and quite frankly, a lot of physicians don't even know either is a thing or is beneficial. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen patients and, you know, we ask some of our screening questions about urinary incontinence or leakage, right? And, you know, they follow it up with, oh yeah, I do that, but that's normal. Or all my friends do too, right? Right. And, and that's one of the things that I've learned from stuff over the years is like common, yes, normal, no, right? And, and that there's something to do about it. So that's what Steph's going to educate us on a little bit today and kind of give us a bigger uh, scope on what PT does in regards to public health. So, um. yeah, so it's exciting to think about what is pelvic health. Um, when Sam and I were sitting down and, and, you know, getting, he said, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's talk about pelvic health. Of course, my eyes lit up and I was like, fantastic. The more people that can know the better, you know, um, knowledge is power. And I will tell you guys that I, um, you know, or tell, tell you, Sam, 
I, I, I never knew that um, pelvic health was that I'd see so many people that say, gosh, I had no idea. I wish I had only known back when I had my babies 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, and many times I'm seeing them for um, things that are related, but not necessarily, um, they may be postmenopausal. Maybe they start having some leakage then. And through some further questioning, I say, gosh, you know, what did your childbirths look like? Were they were they big babies? Were they traumatic? And um, and, you know, most of the time the answer is, so, you know, I, I'm not sure I remember for one thing and, um, no, I don't think I had any problems. Um, no one ever told me that this was something that I could get help for. I talked to my mom or my aunt or my sister. And as Sam said, oh, they just said, this is what happens after you have a baby. So, um, pelvic health, the opportunity to intervene sooner rather than later. That's, that would be my, if there's a take home from today, take care of it, start at the get go. Um, and, and I'll share just this little, little tangent, um, about five years ago, I, I did, I, I was having so many women in my office, um, and some men, I definitely see more, more, um, women's health for these type of issues, but having these, these looks of like, Oh my goodness, I wish I would have known this information. So I set out to our local school and sat down with the, the school nurse and said, I'd love to talk to your girls about, you know, these, um, these issues and how to get on time, how, what's normal and what's, what, what they can do even at that, at that point. So I've been doing a little below the belt talk with them to teach them early on. These, these are fifth, sixth, and seventh graders. So a lot of changes happening in, in young girls' bodies at that, at that point and teaching them about the bladder, about the bowel, about how to engage those muscles of the pelvic floor to prevent things from going on. Because so many times I would see women who are like, oh, I've been constipated since I was, since I can remember, I've always had really painful periods. And then I end up, you know, like I can't work out for a week. Um, those are just a couple examples of some, some things that make you go, gosh, if we could only get on top of that ahead of time. Um, yeah, I, and I can certainly go through some, some specifics, like as far as things that pelvic health therapists specialize in, Sam. Yeah, let's come back to that. It almost, it almost sounds like you're, you know, with talking to the younger population, kind of trying to normalize that conversation. And I know you've told me in the past how many visits it takes for a patient typically to tell their physician about incontinence. It's like nine or 10 or something, right? Right. Yes. So as these young women get more comfortable having that conversation, they don't wait years and years to get help with these things. I assume that's part of the, the what you're going for as well. Yeah, absolutely. And having those open conversations, you know, so so many times, um, you know, it's it's perceived maybe as as negative. So you know, I mean, it's. It, especially if you are experiencing some leakage or you have constipation, um, so many women and men alike are, they're embarrassed to talk about this. And it is, it is absolutely an ADL, you know, the, the muscles of the pelvic floor. Yep. What do you mean when you say ADL just for our, our listeners? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, activity of daily living. So we all poop and pee most days, this, this, this happens, right. Um, and 
there is no muscle in the body that's more complex as far as like being able to pass things in and out of um, and still be strong and supportive. The pelvic floor is really the foundation of the core. So um, many uh, people that don't even realize that they have some pelvic dysfunction, they might not leak at all. Um, and I, I do a thorough exam. I test the muscle strength and I say that, gosh, you have great strength, but when you squat, when you go down to pick up your baby, when you run on the track team, you're, you're not engaging your core. Well, I do sit-ups all the time. So why, how is my core not strong? Well, it's about how you activate those local muscles they're called. So it's your pelvic floor, which is kind of the base or the foundation, and then your transverse abdominals or your corset. And these muscles don't get targeted in the typical um, sit-ups, even, even the traditional plank. Um, many people, are, they just blow past it and they go to those bigger global muscles, which then again, sets, sets some of these um, problems that people have or impairments that they have up down the road. Yeah, and, and to um, piggyback off of that, I mean, if you think about just low back pain, right? There's, there was a study years back that showed that the, you know, two of the things most highly correlated with low back pain, everybody thinks, you know, weight and core strength and things like that. It was actually, you know, pelvic core, pelvic floor, strength slash endurance, right? And right. Um, diaphragm issues, so breathing control. So thinking yes. of the pelvic floor and the diaphragm as part of the, the core musculature, if those aren't doing their job, it doesn't matter how many sit-ups you can do, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, so it's, so it's a really fun, um, a bit of, of unpeeling the onion. You know, someone might walk into our office for, um, pelvic pain, um, pain with intercourse, maybe difficulty with um, constipation or urinary leakage, or maybe just lower abdominal pain that they um, um, post hernia surgery. You know, th these are some kind of outside the box things that um, people come in and, um, and really teasing out how they activate those muscles. Um, I, I like to say, so we evaluate those muscles and we um, see how strong they are. We look to see how coordinated they are and see if they have, like Sam said, the endurance to be able to, because if you can do one squeeze or one kegel, so for those of you that aren't familiar with a kegel, a kegel is the pelvic floor muscles engaging. Um, that's great. But if you cannot hold that, what do we have to do all day long against gravity, right? We have to be able to, to engage, breathe, and, and engage the corset at the same time. So um, breaking, breaking that down is really fun and being able to, um, to show people some success. Um, they don't usually like me in the beginning because usually I get them in a position where they think they're really strong or they think they don't have any problems. And, and then, you know, you start to see a little bit of that, that breakdown of um, some, how they activate. So it's fun for me. And then they get it and they have fun with it too. Yeah, and allowing people to recognize those things and then doing something about it, giving them targeted exercises or treatment to, to then work on that is what we do every day. So, right, right. How, how do you've mentioned several different kind of subspecialties or different types of patients that can benefit from pelvic floor PT? So, how do these people get to you? Is it typically 
word of mouth or from a physician or how does that happen? Well, um, they can always come via word of mouth. So in Iowa, you can refer yourself to a physical therapist. We evaluate and treat and set a treatment plan up. Um, that's, that's, that's the great way. That's the great thing about, um, about what we do. Hopefully you have a physical therapist who is your physical therapist, just like you would go to the doctor, right? So um, I've had several people who maybe I saw for an ACL rehab or a shoulder um, issue in the past. And they remembered me talking about that I do, you know, anything to do with the pelvis. And so that would be a, that's a, a, a phone call like, Hey, do you treat this? Can you take a look at this apps? You know, absolutely. Let's get in and take a look. Um, or just the, just the simple thing of pregnancy. Um, you know, Sam mentioned, feeding these girls this information so they're comfortable talking about it and, and setting their pelvic area up for success down the road. Um, in my, my ideal world is everyone who gets pregnant should come and see a pelvic physical therapist at least once so that we can dial in and say, okay, these are some areas that are gonna be probably more difficulty, difficult or challenging over the next nine months. Um, you know, we'd like to check in with you, <clears throat> excuse me, at six weeks post-delivery um, post to be able to, you know, see how things went from that standpoint. Um, but back to your question, I think certainly physicians, um, who are aware of, of what we do in our specialties, uh, urologists, gynecologists, midwives, family practice doctors. But um, as I said, always welcome to, to walk in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say from our personal experience in my family, you know, we, we loved our OBJYNs that delivered all three of our kids, um, but not once during or after pregnancy was anything mentioned about you know, when my wife would complain that her back hurt after six months of being pregnant, you know, well, that'll get better in three months when you have the baby, you know. Right. And again, nothing against them. I know they're busy. We love them. But I think there's just, there's something missing there, right? Like that would have been the time to say, well, you know, go see someone like Steph at, at physical therapy and see what they can do to not only help with your pain now, but help set you up for success after, after you have the baby. Absolutely. Because life gets a lot more challenging after baby number one, number two, and number three, doesn't it, Sam? We, we yeah. both know that. This is true. <laughs> yeah. It, as, as I said, I mean, that, that would be my, my ideal. And, and the women that I've gotten an opportunity to know as their PT before they've ever had children have come back time and again and, and said how thankful that they were to be able to, you know, and, they a lot of times don't even know what they don't know. So if you don't know that this, this, and this isn't, isn't normal. So like, oh gosh, I shouldn't be getting up three times in the night to go to the bathroom. I don't leak. There's nothing wrong. Right. Well, a lot of times what those, those patterns start to do is they set your bladder in that um, reciprocal system up for bad habits and bad habits then can become you know, detrimental to that. And um, as I said, I, my goal is to try to see people on the front side before problems develop, because a lot of times um, people that, that come into my office, unfortunately have been dealing with, if I really peel the onion back, 
you know, it's, it's amazing sometimes how, um, how many things that steps along the way that I wish I would have been able to, to step in and, and help. So. Yeah. So this could be a population that you see some long-term chronic issues with just simply because they don't get to you in a reasonable amount of time. Right. Right. One of the biggest things that we treat in the, in the post um, pregnancy is uh, an issue with diastasis. And I think that um, midwives and OBs are a lot of times looking at that, but um, you know, pregnancy is an amazing thing that your body goes through and, and many people go through it quite seamlessly. And those are the people though, that I, you know, I, I feel like, like Sam said, how many times do you have to mention that you're leaking before you get a referral? Um, I think that if the diet, more of the conversation is, so you're having a baby. So I'm having a baby. I need to go see a PT. So she can help me, you know, and, and a PT, and I say a pelvic floor specialist because um, other PTs just aren't trained, specialized to train in these. Um, but in, I feel that just because you have a baby um, and everything seems normal, it often, it often is not. And if you're, um, you're busy, you're, you're, I've been through this three times, you're busy with an infant and that's, that's what, um, that's what the focus a lot of times is. And you get to six weeks and it's like, we'll resume activity, go back to normal. You're good to go. Okay. What does that mean? And even having the training that we have had, I found myself struggling and I've talked to several PTs who found themselves in the same boat. Well, like how much should I go back to? I mean, the doctor says I'm, I'm good. Um, what is my pelvic floor strength? What does my corset and my diaphragm, how does that all, I just carried a baby that stuck out, you know, for how many months, which is what, where we look at that diastasis. So a diastasis, I'm sure Sam is like, you never explained what that was, um, is where those muscles in your tummy that run from your pubic bone to your sternum kind of split a little bit. Those muscles have to split as the baby grows. And so the fascia um, stretches and that's all normal. And that's, um, that's part of the beauty of the growth of pregnancy. But after the baby's delivered, um, a lot of times those muscles finding their way back can be difficult. And that's something that we can check for. Um, and again, it, it can set you up for a lot of problems, um, low back pain, hernia surgeries. Um, and a lot of times I see these people after the fact, well, did you ever have any PT after your twins, you know, after your triplets, like thinking about how much the belly has to stretch to be able to do that. And no, no one ever told me to. And that's, you know, that's where I think if we can help educate some people know that they, that they don't have, no one has to tell you to just yeah. do it. <laughs> this is not a Nike uh, promoted podcast, but just do it. She said. It is not. Sorry. <laughs> um, one thing that came to mind when you were mentioning that was a lot of times I'll hear in the clinic, you know, when I'm taking somebody's history for their low back pain, let's say, um, you know, ask about their pregnancies, you know, were they traumatic? How was that? Um, you have any incontinence or leakage? And they'll say, uh, no, because I had a C-section, right? I don't have any issues because I had a C-section, right? And can you speak to maybe, you know, even having had a C-section, you don't have that direct, you know, tissue damage necessarily to the vaginal walls, but 
pressure sure. down from nine months of being pregnant. Absolutely. So your pelvic floor is like a hammock that's holding a big bag of M&Ms and you, during pregnancy, the M&Ms are getting, there's more and more and more. So that's putting pressure down on those, on that hammock. And so even if you have a C-section, just gravity and the weight of the baby alone has likely caused what we call stretch weakness. So weakness to those muscles just from being in a lengthened position. Um, there are a lot of other things that come along with pregnancy, um, varicosities or either vulvar varicosities or varicosities in the leg, legs, and that can affect that pelvic floor. Um, you know, kind of the doctors a lot of times describe it as just increased blood flow in the area, which is all normal. But again, when, if you think about if you had a swollen ankle for six months, even if it's just the last three months, it takes a while to get that back. And what do you do? You have to be able to move that. So, um, yeah, to, you know, kind of debunk the myth that C-section mamas don't need PT just as much as, as uh, pelvic delivery, obviously, um, during a, a vaginal delivery, I always say babies like to take souvenirs. So they, um, kind of, as they descend through that birth canal, it's, it's stretching that hammock and it's, you know, there's a lot of tissue drag. And so just really re realizing how to engage those muscles properly so that when you go to pick your newborn up and when you go out to work in the garden or decide to, you know, start an exercise program again, that you're not staying down in that lengthened position. Yeah, and not to mention when you have a C-section, they're, they're cutting through your layers of your abdominal muscles, right? Correct, that have already been stretched out, right? So not only do we have weakness there, but potentially some scar tissue that can be painful or, or dysfunctional there. Yeah, yeah, actually I just saw a gal yesterday and that, that is her main complaint is um, pain, pain along the C-section. And, and again, emergency C-sections, those are especially, because a lot of times there is some strain on the pelvic floor, um, but again, with, uh, and, and she had seen it, you know, she's, she's post six weeks and, um, the, the advice that was given was just to use more lubrication and, um, you know, get back to exercise, which everything hurt. So then she didn't know what to do, you know, and these are the, these are the stories that, um, yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this, or if you have, if you know someone gosh, we really can help out, so. Yeah, so if this sounds familiar for you or your spouse or family member, um, I would say if you've got a therapist that you're established with, you know, touch base with them, and if they don't treat pelvic health, they should at least know somebody that does. Hopefully, can maybe get you started on some things while you're getting referred over to a pelvic health PT. We touched on a few different topics within pelvic health today. We will probably follow this up with a topic regarding postpartum running. So after you've had the baby, how do you work back into running? That'll be another episode. And then do you wanna give a, maybe like a 30 second teaser on male pelvic health and, and maybe what that would look like as far as an episode upcoming? Yeah, yeah. So we also have um, pelvic health specialists who specialize in, in men's pelvic health um, and just some dysfunctions or impairments that that would follow would be um, certainly if you've had a prostatectomy, um, if you have had a pelvic trauma, um, 
any of those situations, even chronic, like I said, chronic constipation or perhaps a surgery for your colon, um, those pelvic floor muscles can often be very involved and really would benefit from some pelvic floor physical therapy. All right, Steph, before we let you go, um, we like to end the podcast with a favorite uh, motivational or inspirational quote. So what do you have for us on a Friday here? Gosh, I love inspirational and motivational quotes, Sam. So it's- I asked you. Yes, yes. Um, I think that I would have to go with challenges make life interesting and overcoming them is what makes it meaningful. So um, especially thinking about 2020 and, and I know it's, there's been a lot of challenges, but I've had a really awesome, um, have had an awesome year actually just talking with patients and family members on um, how, to, how to turn those things those challenges into um, what we can take out of it. So. Very good. Thank you for sharing. That reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. Life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. So right along the same lines. Absolutely. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks, thanks for having me, Sam. Absolutely. Uh, look us up at rockvalleypt.com. We've got links to all of our clinics there. We've got 50 clinics across Iowa and Illinois. And our therapists live out the tagline every day with the goal of making better lives.